The Hoosiers didn't have to wait long nor sweat it out on Sunday. They are a four seed going to the Midwest region. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome into this Selection Sunday edition of Locked on Hoosiers. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. I want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day, especially on this Sunday as we react to the Hoosiers getting into the NCAA tournament as a four seed. They will take on Kent State, the five seed in uh should they win that game is Miami a lot to break down a lot to talk about we'll do all that here in a moment uh first as I said want to thank you guys for making us your first listen be sure you guys if you're listening to this on a podcast feed subscribe on YouTube so that you can join us on our next live show the Hoosiers there was some debate that seemed to come up really on Sunday I guess maybe Saturday or Sunday about whether they'd be a four or a five seed. Ultimately, they land on that four seed line. Let me know in the comments if you guys are watching on YouTube what you thought, if you thought the Hoosiers should have been a four seed. If you have any thoughts on their matchup, let me know. But there was some debate. It seemed a little silly to me, especially when the teams that were being debated were ACC teams. It felt like Duke and Virginia were the teams that were potentially getting in over them the ACC was really bad this year and the Big Ten was not so I'm glad the Hoosiers land on that four seed Uh, I'm excited we didn't have to sweat it out with uh, selection Sunday and being on the bubble this year no play-in game nothing like that it will be a 2002 Elite Eight matchup rematch I should say uh, between IU and Kent State also This is in Houston's region. So if IU gets through the first weekend into the second weekend, the odds are they're probably playing one seed Houston, maybe even Iowa. And boy, I thought we were done playing Iowa. Not thrilled about that, but uh, that is far down the line. That just haunted me the minute I saw it. Uh, It was an exciting weekend it started off as an exciting weekend for the Hoosiers, exciting Big Ten tournament this weekend. Uh, I wa- I thought once Indiana won on Friday that they kind of firmed their spot as the four seed. The loss on Saturday was just kind of a, a typical Big Ten tournament performance from the Hoosiers. I didn't think it should have changed too much about their seeding. Again, as I said, it seemed to lead to some discussion about whether um, – the Hoosiers were a four seed or if somebody should jump them, things like that. I'm glad it didn't. I'm trying to pull up a bracket as we speak to get a picture uh, or something of what I use brackets going to look like. So the top half of the bracket is number one, Houston versus number 16, Northern Kentucky. Uh, Iowa will play Auburn in the eight, nine game. Number five, Miami versus number 12, Drake in the five, 12 matchup. Uh, IU versus Kent State in the 4-13 matchup. I'm going to be honest. I don't know a ton about Kent State. We're going to obviously be spending this week learning a lot about them. But 
a team that is ranked 71st in the or in Ken Palm. They were the Mid American Conference Tournament champions. I can tell you, looking at the roster, the first thing that jumps out to me is their lack of a post threat. Their top scores are all uh, well. Two of their top three scores are guards. Their tallest player uh, is six nine. They have one six eight player. That's kind of the first thing my eyes are drawn to is who can match up with Trace Jackson Davis, whether anybody is capable of that. The other thing is going to be three-point shooting. We saw on uh, Saturday that the latest example of the Hoosiers struggling to match up with teams that shoot lots of threes. Penn State is kind of the extreme version of that, and I uh, IU did not match up well against them. Kent State... That doesn't seem to be their MO. Uh, it, they're average in terms of shooting three-pointers. So we'll dive into all that in a minute. I'm just excited. The Hoosiers are back in the tournament. They're a four seed. This was a, a tough season. And it was, if you would have told us, and I've had this perspective a couple times. If you would have said after January 11th when they lost to Penn State that this IU team was going to be a number four seed, I don't know that many people would have believed you. It's It speaks to the resiliency that this team has shown throughout the season and their ability to keep fighting even in that Penn State game where it was done and dusted. They made a rally late, made it interesting, nearly tied the game. This team isn't going to go down without a fight. We saw last year when they got to the tournament, they played a really good St. Mary's team that really just kind of outmatched them. And to be honest, they went down without a fight. I'd be really surprised at this point in the season if that happens again. Just because we've seen so many times them continue to fight. There have been examples of it. The Iowa game, they let go of the rope in that one. That Penn State game as well. But even in the games where they were being blown out, Northwestern, both Northwestern games actually, uh, the Penn State game where they were, it was getting away from them. They don't give up, and that's a good quality to have. There's a lot of good and bad qualities this IU team has, but uh, I mean, never letting go of the rope. I shouldn't say never. The resiliency they've shown is something that will will help them this this coming week, this coming month, however long they end up playing. So we're gonna take a look at Kent State a little more closely. Get a sense of what the Golden Flash is, uh, what their team looks like, what their season has looked like. Get an early first look at them. Before we do that, guys, let's talk about Built Bar. The Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now it's time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know I will be voting for Cookies and Cream. It's a It's a controversial pick but you guys i've said before how much i love cookies and cream it's polarizing if you want the uh if you want the hoosiers to win then you'll be voting for that bar too support your team support your bar or puff and when your vote and when you vote for your favorite bar or puff you will be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked on listeners will get a free box of built not only that, but one Locked On fan will get a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You've got to try Built. 
the best protein bar ever. Seriously, they are so amazing. I promise. I've actually had them. They are actually good. And you won't think uh, they're good for you. Covered in chocolate. Have all these amazing flavors. Everything about them looks like a candy bar. But they are a protein bar and the best one you're going to have. So run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff. And pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March. So hop in and support your pick. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Big thanks to you guys for making us your first listen or for joining us on the live show today. Uh, Grab your bracket and go listen to the Locked On College Basketball Breakdown with national analysis and the insights from our local experts. The Locked On College Basketball Breakdown Bracket Breakdown has everything you need to make the most informed decisions on your bracket. Find the episode on Locked On College Basketball wherever you get your podcasts as well as on YouTube. Let's take a look at Kent State. For those watching on YouTube live or after, I'm going to share the screen here so you guys can see uh, what I'm looking at when it comes to Kent State. 28-6, and their record on the season. Uh, They were 15-3 in the Mid-American Conference. They played a couple of of tough teams, a couple of tournament teams. Charleston, a tournament team, they lost by two. Houston, the number one over, or the number two overall seed, excuse me, uh, they lost two by five. Gonzaga, they lost two by seven. But that was it in terms of uh, quality opponents. They haven't played anyone since December 5th. They've played two top 100 teams. It was Toledo both times. Toledo is 87th ranked. And they beat them handily both times, once in the regular season, once in the championship game of the conference tournament. So uh, in terms of record, they they played some quality teams, but it's been a long time since they've done so. You can look at some of their advanced numbers, 110th in adjusted offensive efficiency, 38th in adjusted defensive efficiency. Not a team that's going to play particularly fast. it's, I mean, you can tell just by looking at the greens and the reds. Generally speaking, this is a team that's good defensively and adequate offensively. Uh, 142nd in effective field goal percentage, so middle of the road in terms of shooting. Not a good three-point shooting team, but good inside of the arc. Average free throw shooting team. They don't turn the ball over. Above average in terms of offensive rebounding. The Hoosiers are going to have to box out in this one. Then you look at the defense. Lots of greens and lots of darker shades of green. Good uh, in in terms of defensive effective field goal percentage. They force turnovers. That's been an issue off and on. More on than off for the Hoosiers. So that will be something to monitor. They do give up a lot of offensive rebounds. Uh, and they do put put teams on the line a lot. That is the darkest red there. That's This is going to be a long game between how much IU fouls and how much 
Kent State fouls. There's going to be a lot of free throws in this game. Uh, Kent State is uh, 158th in free throw percentage. The Hoosiers are 207th. So not only a lot of free throws, a lot of missed free throws in this one. Three point percentage. They don't. They defend the three well, which I don't know how much that even really matters to Indiana. They don't take a lot of them. They defend the two well generally, uh, and then they just in terms of block steals, they do that well. Uh, like I said, they don't give up many three point or they don't shoot many three pointers. They do give up a fair amount, but they just don't go in. So my guess would be they're allowing them in certain areas of the court where it's a lower percentage shot, not the corners, not the top of the key, kind of on those wings. Again, that part of it, I don't even really know how much it matters to Indiana because the Hoosiers just are, they just don't want to shoot the ball. So uh, one other thing you can look at are the, is this column over here, the the tougher games they played this season, the A-tier, B-tier games on the, on the season, uh, they've, only played five and they've only won one of them. So granted a couple of those were against top 10 teams, Houston and Gonzaga, but it's a team that is both tested, but they didn't pass those tests. So how much does that matter? It's a just first glance kind of looking at it. I, it's not a bad matchup. My worry was that IU was going to get some, um, it was that IU was going to get some sort of mid-major that hoist threes and it was going to just be a terrible matchup for Indiana. It doesn't seem like that's the case. And you can look at their uh, just raw numbers. They're a 33% three-point shooting team and they're 97th in the countries in three-pointers attempted per game. So they're not just hoisting away from range in this one. So first glance, it's a it's a good matchup. It's a four versus thirteen game. That should be kind of the Hoosiers should be favored in this one. There's also, and I'm gonna be honest, I don't know a ton about this. Again, one of those things we're gonna have to look into. But the coach of the team, Rob Cinderoff, was on the coaching staff in 07 with Kelvin Sampson when they both had to resign for the whole recruiting mess and whatnot. So. IU's going to face Cinderoff in the round of 16 or the round of 64 and they could face Samson in the round of 16. There's plenty of juicy uh juicy matchups. You can take a glance if you want to at uh the sweet six, or the round of 32 matchup. If you want to take a look at Miami, that's a team that Indiana had been uh kind of mocked up against in the bracketology for a while. So I think it's a name when I saw Miami, my first thought was, Oh, this is where uh, the Hoosiers are going to be. Miami is 40th overall in Ken Palm and a team that is, I think another good matchup for Indiana. Again, not a team that shoots a lot of three pointers, uh, a team that is good offensively, but not really that good defensively. So that's down the line and we might take a look at it a little bit later on, but this feels again, a lot of this is first glance, instant reaction before I really get a, a chance to look at everything. It feels like this is a pretty good draw for Indiana. 
And if you want to look even further, I mean, Houston may have lost their point guard or Marcus Sasser, I mean, for um, maybe the rest of the season. That injury looked really bad. He's probably not going to be 100%, so maybe you get a less than 100% Houston. <laughs> the downside, I can't stop looking at Iowa right there and just having nightmares of you get to a Sweet 16, you play an 8 seed, and it's it's freaking Iowa, and we lose because we can't beat Fran McCaffrey. But the top half of this bracket, it feels like a it's a conceivable bracket for Indiana to get out of, the top half of it. I haven't looked a ton at the bottom half because you're so far down the line at that point that um, it's it's not – I mean, you're doing a lot of projecting at that point. And as I'm looking, Purdue ended up getting a one seed. They won the Big Ten tournament on Sunday. IU avoided that matchup again. Um, hey, it was 5,000 IQ. The Hoosiers wanted to stay undefeated against uh, Purdue this season. So – there wouldn't be a Purdue-IU matchup unless they both made the national championship game, and that's not happening. That was – let me know what you guys think in the comments, uh, on Twitter, whatever you're listening to this. Let me know, is this a favorable draw for the Hoosiers? Is Kent State a team you're worried about? Miami, Houston, any of your thoughts on that? Let me know. Uh, we can dive into that here in just a moment. First, I want to talk to you guys about FanDuel. Uh, the midway point of the NBA season is here, but more importantly, it's March. Like there's not a better time to, uh, be betting than March. And during the NCAA tournament, there's not a better time to join FanDuel than right now because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet does not win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from money line to point scores and threes drained. Uh, most importantly, or most profitably, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. I've used it before. I've won before. It makes you feel really good when you see those same game parlay hits. Uh, so don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. The men's team was not the only one to find out their tournament fate on Saturday as the Women's Selection Sunday show took place a little later on in the evening on Sunday night. The Hoosiers, to no one's surprise, the number two overall seed in the tournament. Uh, the program's first number one seed. They're in the Greenville 2 regional, or region, excuse me. The women's tournament, much different than the men's. The men's have four different locations. The women's this year have uh, only two. Two of the brackets go to Greenville. The other two go to Washington, I believe Seattle. So the Hoosiers will be in Greenville with South Carolina. First off, you want South Carolina on the opposite side of the bracket because that means you don't play them into the title game, which is way down the road. But I use good enough to kind of look ahead to those types of things. Let's look at their uh, matchup in the first round. Uh, they don't officially know their matchup yet because they will play uh, the winner of the playing game. 
between Tennessee Tech and Monmouth. That game will obviously be in Bloomington in Assembly Hall, as will the second round game. If the Hoosiers avoid that 16 uh, over one upset, they will play Oklahoma State or Miami. That's your first intriguing storyline and probably the biggest storyline of the first round. Yarden Garzon or Garzon uh, has been fantastic for, for the Hoosiers season. Her older sister plays for Oklahoma State. I'm not going to try to pronounce the name, uh, but her older sister is on the team. So root for Oklahoma State so the two sisters get to play one another. I think that would be a really, really fun story. So Obviously, that is the biggest storyline of kind of the first couple of games. If you look at if the Hoosiers get out of the uh, first two rounds into the Sweet 16, their most likely opponent is going to be Viva, who you may, you may not know. Maddie Segrist is as good as anyone in the country. She's a first-team All-American, um, a high, high, high-volume scorer. She dropped 50 points this season on uh, Seton Hall, I believe. So <laughs> in terms of just individual players, as good as anyone's going to play this year, and that's including Caitlin Clark. So they'll have their hands full in that regard. That being said, as good as she is, they're a four seed for a reason. They have six losses on the season, but three of them will or to UConn. IU knows history about playing against UConn, so they can sympathize with them on that one. But still, that will be an an interesting matchup at the very least. IU's done well. Chloe Moore-McNeil, Sydney Parrish, Garzon, all would have their hands full with that matchup. But, I mean, you've seen what they've been able to do against Caitlin Clark, so I have confidence, but Segrist is a... First team All American. She's going to get hers in some regard. Hoosiers just kind of have to limit that. If you look at the other half, the bottom half of the bracket, Michigan is in this bracket, but as a six seed, LSU, who went a good chunk of the season undefeated and were ahead of IU in the polls for a good chunk of the season, is the three seed. They only have two losses. One of them's to South Carolina, and one of them was in the SEC tournament before they even got to South Carolina, but the SEC is really bad. Outside of South Carolina and LSU, it's a really bad conference. So LSU may only have two losses, but their resume just doesn't really stack up with everyone else. Maybe a little surprising there, a three seed. For most of the season, they were a two seed. So uh, I would say that loss in the SEC tournament probably hurt them a little bit. Ultimately, even if they're underseeded, it with regards to IU, it doesn't really matter because they only have to play one team out of that part of the bracket. Uh, NC State, the Hoosiers have some history with, beat them in the tournament a couple of years ago, have played them in the Big Ten ACC Challenge, uh, but they are a seven seed against Princeton. And then Utah is your two seed in this one out of the Pac-12. It's a... So the biggest things IU wanted to avoid was not was obviously they weren't going to play South Carolina. This is just kind of generally speaking. They wanted to avoid South Carolina. Stanford's really good. 
might be another two seed, might be a one seed. Uh, so avoiding them is big. UConn, if UConn gets healthy, it's a big if, but if UConn gets healthy, they're as good as anyone in the country. So you avoid UConn. Maryland is playing as well as anybody. I don't think they were going to put them in IU's bracket, but with Maryland and Iowa as potential kind of one, two seeds, they may have been forced to. So you avoid Maryland as well. Iowa, obviously. And then Notre Dame is also really good. They also have a very pivotal injury. So basically all, all of those are not in your bracket. You do not have to deal with them. And I think that's the most important takeaway from this one. Indiana was the number two overall seed and they were treated like the number two overall seed. So uh, the committee got it right. There was some, maybe some concern that they would fall off the one seed line or maybe not be, let me rephrase that. They were never not going to be a one seed. It was just, were they going to be the number two overall seed? Because South Carolina had the number one overall seed locked up. Were the Hoosiers, their two losses in the final three games, was that going to, set them back? The answer ultimately is no. Um, we don't have, as I'm recording this, the date of when they will play yet, but Seth Tao, who's been on the show before, friend of the show, uh, now does uh, just kind of some general sports coverage for the Hoosiers. Uh, he said that they will not play the men and women on say. I haven't seen the schedule yet. I'll take him at his word for that. We can uh, clarify that later on in the week. But, uh, I mean, the men's team is going to play at 10 o'clock at night, so I, I don't think the women are going to play in Bloomington at 10 o'clock at night. So the games won't overlap in that regard. But as long as uh, they don't overlap in the first weekend, it's going to be a weekend chock full of IU basketball NCAA tournament competition. Awesome. Excited for it. Best time of the year. Be sure you guys are followed along with us, uh, whether on Twitter, whether on YouTube, whether on whatever podcast uh, feed you listen to, uh, whether it's Apple, whether it is Overcast, Spotify, whatever it may be. Be sure you're subscribed. Leave a rating there. We'll be back throughout this week. Continue to give you coverage of the upcoming games. We're going to talk plenty of women's basketball, plenty of Kent State, plenty of uh, I use bracket as well. So be sure, again, you are subscribed. Thank you for making us your first listen. For your second listen, check out Locked On College Basketball. We talked about them. Uh, they are, uh, I mean, there's no better time to be listening to college basketball content. So Isaac Shade, Andy Patton are going to have everything you guys could want. The whole college basketball network is chipping in, helping out. So be sure you guys are subscribed to that and make that your second listen today. Again, be sure you are following us on Twitter. It's going to be a fun week. It's the best time of year. Let's enjoy it all together. Have a great start to your week, guys. Most importantly, and as always, though, LEO.